everybody. Uh, we are back for episode number two, taken from the book Journey to the Why and You. I hope you had a chance to listen to and or watch the video of the first episode titled The Power of Potential, which was very closely aligned with chapter one of Journey to the Why and You, titled when they don't know your name. So that episode was given the title, The Power of Potential, because uh, you have definitely have great potential and it doesn't matter whether or not your name is known. Act on that potential, don't sit on it. And we're pleased to be able to present today, to talk to you today about the power of your philosophy. And um, this actually very closely aligns with chapter two of the book, which is all about which is an acronym that really stems from an understanding that I have gained over the 12, 13 years that I've been in the classroom. So I'm excited to talk about it today and I'm so glad that you're listening. Um, And so I think it's good to start with a, a base definition or how do we understand philosophy? What is it? And so I pulled a definition from the Cambridge Dictionary, which I think embodies what philosophy is. And I think that even if we don't officially name philosophy as that, I think we all have one. I think we all have philosophy. We all have ways that we think. We all have perspectives when it comes to certain things. Um, Maybe we just never called it philosophy. Um, So um, for a definition today, we will use the use of reason in understanding such things as the nature of the real world and existence, the use and limits of knowledge, and the principles of moral judgment. So that sounds like a really fancy definition, but honestly, it's identifying the fact that we are seeking to understand the world around us, and in this case, maybe the education world around us, or our students that are around us, or the way in which we interact with our students in the classroom. Now, I believe that, um, you know, in, in 12 or 13 years, of course, I've seen many different groups of kids, and one thing I've come to realize is not every student is the same. Um, We certainly have similarities. Uh, We certainly have those opportunities to bring um, those strengths together. But really and truly, um, not every child learns in the same way. Not every child comes with the same strengths uh, and or weaknesses as the next child. And not every child can be reached in the same way as another child can be reached. Um, you know, and one of the quotes that comes out of the book is, uh, it's not just about the teach, it's about the reach. So I'll say that one more time. It's not just about the teach, it's about the reach. And so my question in my mind has always been, I know that I am a teacher, but how do I reach my students? Um, I think it, 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 it requires us going a little bit of a step further. You know, it's not just about teaching because... I get certified to teach or I pass this test and now it says I can teach. However, I don't feel like everybody who teaches automatically qualifies as someone who reaches. And to clarify what I mean there, I mean, so it's one thing to have a piece of paper that says I teach or I can teach. I'm qualified to teach. I'm certified to teach. But it's another thing altogether to say that I can reach my students. And in 13 years, I can certainly um, certainly state that what may have been relevant when I first started teaching is not necessarily relevant today. So it may take a little bit more 
in order to reach the students of today. It may take going down a completely different path in order to reach the students today. I talked in chapter two of the book about a particular um, example of a student who is now uh, 22, 23, um, soon to get married, actually, I just found out. Uh, So that particular student needed me and he needed me in a way that was different than any other student that I had taught during that particular year. And still to this day, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm known as the uncle. Um, and I, and I certainly with all, um, with all willingness, you know, take on that, that name and, 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 and believe that that's who I am because ever since that year, I taught that student, you know, I've always had that kind of bond with, with him and have been there to help him in the way that he needed me to help him. And so not only did, you know, learning in the classroom take on a different feel, learning beyond the classroom took on a different field. And so it wasn't just about what happened in the four walls of the classroom. It, it went much beyond that. So my perspective, my understanding of how it's about the reach comes from experiences like that. Um, very, very great, very good family. I know both of his parents and um and so, you know, he's definitely had some challenges challenges in life, but um, I appreciated the opportunity to be there uh, for him during those challenges. And um, I can firmly say without shadow of a doubt that that was a necessary thing. It, it, he, and he communicates how it has been so helpful to him and how it means a lot to him. And um, it's just exciting to see that as educators, we do have the ability to reach kids. Sometimes it requires stepping out of our comfort zone. Um, sometimes it requires an alternative approach. But um, just like these great philosophers of historical uh, of historical past, they all took a stance. They um, were situated in a certain way. They thought a certain way based on their. Uh, relatedness to the world based on where they were in their lives they understood that certain things were true and um, I guess the purpose truly then of philosophy is to challenge the way that we think to, to, to take um, an idea to take something that we think and and sort of challenge that way that we think challenge others uh, maybe even encourage others to think differently about why they do what they do and so i just want to name a few of these great philosophers and maybe a a quote um that they have um sort of uh, coined and has gone down through time for example aristotle aristotle says we are not what we repeatedly repeatedly do excellence then is not an act but a habit i'll say that one more time we are what we repeatedly do Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. So to me, Aristotle is identifying that in order to be excellent or in order to be great, that requires actions. However, it is beyond actions that we actually become excellent. So the actions lead to habits. And so it's those habits that really speak of the excellence that Aristotle was was seeking to gain. And so I, I read that quote and I'm challenged to be, you know, I'm challenged to create those habits that build excellence. Confucius says, I want you to be everything that's you, deep at the center of your being. 
Okay, talk about Journeys of the Y and U. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's totally, totally um, comprehensive of the, of the journey. Uh, we are not uh, the same every day. We are constantly making ourselves better. We're constantly moving towards understanding the why in us and the power that we have to be ourselves and the only ones of, that we can be, right? We, we're the only you. You are the only you that you could that could ever be. So he also says, choose a job that you love and you will never have to work a day of your life. I love that because if you love it, it doesn't feel like work. Um, it may be challenging. It may be arduous on some on some days, but if you love it, you keep going back to it. And I definitely feel like that's true uh, of education. Plato, wise men talk because they have something to say. Fools, because they have to say something. I love Plato's words right there. You know, and I've, I've, I've totally regarded um, those words. And I think I live them. You know, I think, why am I going to talk if I don't have anything to say? I'm just wasting words, wasting breath. But it's important too. Um, be able to offer your words uh, while you have something to say because then that may be something that someone else needs to hear. Socrates says education is the kindling of a flame not the filling of a vessel so you think about learning in the classroom or interacting with students it's really not about giving them everything telling them everything filling up their vessels it's more so about lighting that flame so that they are empowered um, and Journey to the Wild You speaks of empowerment, uh, empowering kids to be knowledge seekers, empowering them to be knowledge uh, sharers, um, empowering them to be knowledge cultivators. Definitely more about those long lasting implications of education rather than just the here and now. It definitely takes education from what just happens in this classroom during this school year and it says education is something that will happen the rest of your life it's a journey you're constantly learning you're constantly becoming better and the more that we look and seek after that knowledge the better the better um the better individuals we become on this journey heraclitus says no man ever steps in the same river twice for it's not the same river and he's not the same man. Oh, oh, I just get excited when I when I read that because I'm not the same me that I was yesterday. And I will not be the same me tomorrow as I was today. And so I'm constantly evolving. I'm constantly learning. I am constantly identifying why. I am constantly identifying the why in me. I am constantly identifying the why in order for me to understand who I am. And so that there could be no truer statement. That there's, and I feel like even if I chose to stay the same, something about me is going to be different tomorrow. But how much more? does my choice to not stay not stay the same make me better the next day or my choice or my decision to learn something new how much more does that change me uh, if I'm open to becoming a better person the last one I'll share is by fails the most difficult thing in life is to know yourself you know I wonder you know whether he had the understanding that you're constantly changing. You're constantly growing. You're constantly rising above and, and facing challenges. And every time you do that, you become different. 
Every time you go through something, you become a better version of you. I wonder if he understood that back then, way back then. And so from the understanding of philosophy and and understanding these philosophers' words, um, these great thinkers, you know, philosophy, again, challenges the way that we think. It also identifies where we are in terms of the big picture. You know, we think about education, education, education. My father was really, really big on education. What, what, what would we do without education, without knowledge? You know, some say we perish for lack of knowledge. And so to know, if we know better, then we can do better, right? When we know better, then we can do better. And so I think, I think about the experiences in the classroom. I think about the realizations that I've had over these 13 years and how not every student's the same. Not every student needs you in the same way. You know, um, not everybody comes to the table with the same strengths and weaknesses. So you think about those ideas and you, you, you reason through them and you, you, you can establish a philosophy. You know, I think climb is something that I've lived. You know, I've, I've, I've been about that. I, I, I love to cultivate. I love to lead. I love to develop leaders. I love to develop cultivators. I love to inspire my students. That's the I in climb is inspire. It's like that flame, inspire them. Give them that little piece of, that little nugget that says, okay, take that a step further. It's like the starting of that journey for them. Inspire them to be better individuals uh, through motivation, which is the M in climb. Building responsibility, integrity, honesty, civility. Uh, And then last but not least, enriching and empowering them to be not only uh, not only uniquely them, but empowering them to constantly reach and constantly grow and constantly be better. Not to settle for status quo or average, but empowering them to be great. And so why, 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 you know? And so this philosophy, I love, love, love philosophy. I love the idea that we can create or develop something that is uniquely us, that is uniquely our our mojo, what drives us to go into that classroom every day. And I believe that the philosophy really uh, embodies our approach. It really um, exemplifies where we stand in terms of our beliefs about education and how we feel we fit into this big picture and to this puzzle um, that is uniquely designed um, to uh, put together when we made the decision to to be in education when we made the decision to pursue education we we started on our journey and i think philosophically if we could have a philosophy um and it allow, allow it to drive our approach it will bring change um and so climb is my philosophy it's what i've developed over the you know say i would say the last five years specifically um in education because i feel like it, it, it definitely levels the playing field for everybody. All right, we can all climb. All right, we can all climb. But in order to climb, we need those tools. And the tools that one might need are not necessarily the tools that the next person would need. However, being able to identify what it means to cultivate, lead, inspire, motivate, build, enrich and empower definitely gives the, someone the opportunity to climb. Maybe it's someone that may not have had that opportunity before. So I challenge you to, I challenge you moving forward to think about your perspectives. Think about where you stand in education 
and consider what your educational philosophy is. I'm sure it's powerful. I can't wait to hear about it. Thanks for listening. And I will see you soon with episode number three. I will see you soon with episode number three uh, as we continue along this journey to the why and you.